This is a Boathouse Studios podcast. To support this podcast and other podcasts like it, visit patreon.com slash boathouse studios or subscribe to Boathouse Studios on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your ear content. You can also visit us at boathousestudios.com in order to listen to this podcast and every other podcast in the Boathouse Network. That's Boathouse Studios, B-O-A-T-H-A-U-S Studios, house spelt the German way. You asked Roger Myers Sr. for money. Roger Myers Jr. is in charge of the studio now. He's a good man. Every Christmas, he goes down to the pound and rescues one cat and one mouse and gives them to a hungry family. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. This is Two Bad Neighbors. Or as my mother calls it, please stop bringing me up on your podcast. (laughs) Uh, Well, not today, Mom. Not today. (laughs) My name's Alan. And I am Greg. And we're here to talk about The Simpsons. But before we do that, Alan, yeah. how have you been? Wow, that's uh, quite the intro. I'm trying it out. Okay. Gravitas. <laughs> I've been just fine. I'm preparing for my trip. I leave for New York City in two days. Mm-hmm. How fun for you. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to visit in New York? James. James. Wade. Got it. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> the one that was missing. Right. And we discover he actually lives in New York. Right. Yes. So right. I'm going to go visit him, make sure, you know, it's true. Okay. Well, if it's not. It's not some elaborate, you know, uh, someone uh, compiled all of his uh, speaking on recordings and like created a, a pseudo robot James soundboard type yeah. thing, you know? That would be. That's what they're doing. That's what they're doing with our voices. <laughs> They're I mean, capturing all of our voices, and they're going to try and create fictional be- versions of ourselves. At this point, you could probably do that with the both of us. I know. That's what I'm saying. So I'm just like... We've said enough words on this podcast that yeah. it's all out there. Yeah. It's any, all free. Any radio personality probably could do that any, as, as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Basically. It's pretty scary. That's what they did for Roger Ebert. Hmm. <laughs> When he lost the power of speech uh-huh. near the end of his life, they had enough talkings. They just made him talk of, of him on like, like, and that's what they that's what they put his um his 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 voice like the 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 computer that how he would communicate. Yeah. Instead of being a generic robot voice, they could actually have it as his voice because oh. of all of the television programming that he did. That's fair. I thought I remember watching the documentary about him that didn't seem it seemed like it was a robot voice. I'm sure it started that way. Okay. <laughs> takes a while to program I mean, these it, things. I mean, it, the documentary showed him up until his death, so I don't know. All right. <laughs> I'm wrong. You're I don't right. know if you're wrong. I'm just saying I don't recall that being a, a, a... It seems like something they would bring up in the documentary. That's all I'm saying. All right. But uh, you're going to you're gonna research it right now? No, I'm just bringing up some information about the episode that we're talking about. Oh, right. We do that here. How have you been? Oh, you know, just fine. I'm thinking of trying to go see a movie. Yeah. Maybe uh, tonight or tomorrow. I don't know what, what to you, see, though. No? No. I'm uh, like, there's been, I, 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 I saw Captain Marvel. Have you seen Marvel. Lego Part 2 yet? I haven't. I don't have much. I mean, I don't have much, but like that, of the ones I can think of at the top of my head that I haven't seen yet, that's yeah. the one I would probably go see in theaters right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. I was like, there's so much hassle going to a theater. I Sure. <laughs> like like a, a lot of things in life, you and have to put some like, effort in. That was the worst thing I've ever said. <laughs> 
That was that was that was awful. Um, it's the kind of thing like my my dad would say, uh, and he is almost seventy yeah, years old. I don't need to. <laughs> I don't need to say these things. Uh, there's such a hassle going to the, the food mart. You know, I, why don't you? You can't just get your food delivered to you. Why don't you just do that? Uh, but then you have to go to the door, and you got to movie make, theaters these days. I tell you, you, you got to say thank you, gotta you buy to a everybody. Ticket, you got to got to sit in your seat. <laughs> got to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to London in a couple of days. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, further than New York. It sure is. <laughs> By uh, hop, skip, But you know what? Jump. Both of them? Yeah. Fashion capitals of the world. Indeed. So Indeed. we can exchange I notes. want you to be prepared if I don't come back. Oh, no. <laughs> that is the most ominous thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> uh, I just want you to know... <laughs> Because Brexit is happening. Oh, I see. Not okay. So not by your choice. They, yeah. Like maybe I'm just gonna stay there. Yeah. I've decided I'm done with Calgary. They well, I am, but well, they might keep me there. I see. Because I don't know. I don't you think know. it's gonna happen. Uh, probably not. And but, that's not gonna affect travel, will it? Well, maybe not out. Maybe not yeah. planes going out to. I don't Canada. Think it, I don't think it affects. It would but, affect travel. Probably like, to like prices maybe to Europe. I don't know. Definitely to Europe, sure. To the rest of Europe, they will. They will definitely be like, "Hey, you just Brexited, so fuck you. You can't. You're no more. No more traveling. Yeah. Jerks. No. No more. No more Britain. Yeah, you're they're the. Gonna, they're gonna build a wall around your country. More like Dumbin. Stay in your country. Sure, Dumbin. Brits. Wait. I'm. I don't like know. Dublin? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to Scotland. That's cool as well. I'm going to uh, Edinburgh. You've been to London before. I have. I know that. I have. Have yeah. you been to Scotland before? I've never been to Scotland before. That's cool. Yeah, we're gonna take the train, Ooh. all the way. Do 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 do. Stay at an Airbnb. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun. I hope. And uh, what's the origin of Airbnb? Well, that's a good question, Alan. Let me uh, let me answer that for you. A uh, enterprising young woman named Ariana. That's okay. This is false already. <laughs> I don't like it. Let me like finish. It. No, I don't like it. <laughs> Let me finish by uh, actually introducing our guest. Okay. Because, um, you know, it's St. Patrick's Day. It is St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. And uh, our guest is repping the colors. I have one green jacket that I wear once a year. And I'm also, I found my, when I used to bartend at the University of Alberta uh, years ago, like 12 years ago. Our, our St. Ratrick's Day staff shirt that I don't know why I still have. So this is like my, my St. Patrick's wardrobe that I bust out once a year. What is rat? Rat is room at the top at the okay. University of Alberta. Cool. So it's uh, the campus bar. Oh, okay. It's on the top of the I see. Okay. students' union buildings. Yeah. So yeah. It all makes sense of, now. Uh, lots of green beer to uh, 18-year-olds that didn't know how to drink or, mm. you know, lots of... Lots of cleaning up green puke and mm. things like that. You know, I mean, bartending it's a St. on St. Patrick's Day tradition. Bartending on St. Patrick's Day is is not fun at all. It's it's the worst. And I I did it in a very you know sort of minor part of my life. But I mean, I have friends who do the twelve hour shifts on days like today, and it's just it's hell. It's hell. I mean, I I, I live on the main strip here. You know, if you're familiar with Calgary Seventeenth Avenue and the hordes of drunks that were uh, 
Putzing, putzing down 17th Avenue today. It's 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 the day. It's... Well, my friend, the flames clinched today, so it's gonna. Oh boy! It's just gonna get better. Woo. Just you wait for flames playoff hockey. Yeah, oh, they'll be done in five. But... Oh, give oh, me a break! Here we go. It's uh... how's the Oilers doing, huh? Huh? Uh, it's Dave yeah. Waddell, Alan, everybody. Alan I forgot to uh, I forgot to uh, introduce you with your name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alan <laughs> knows that I'm an Edmontonian and, and a suffering. Well, I mean, uh, you host an Edmonton Oilers podcast. I yeah. do. Yeah. Let's yeah. plug it right now. Sure. Yeah. The Oilers naturally. YYC podcast. We drink our sorrows away at the Pig and Duke. And, now, are you going to uh, go on hiatus in a few weeks? Or? Uh, because I, I mean, there's nothing to no talk about, and they're not playing in the playoffs. We have we have draft lotteries. We have the drama around the Edmonton Oilers, and we're going really off topic. The drama around the Edmonton Oilers often exceeds what actually happens on the ice. There's That's always fair. something ridiculous to talk about. And in the, in city, the organization yes. itself. Yeah. And, and yeah. in the city of Edmonton, that is the, That's the thing to talk civic about. obsession. Yeah. I mean, if, if you flip through the radio stations in Edmonton on any given weekday, and it doesn't even matter what time of year it is, it could be like July you'll hear three or four stations that there's like Oilers Lunch, Oilers Now, um, <laughs> like all, all of these competing Oilers things. Talking, and even, yeah. even if you think there's nothing to talk about, it's it's obsessive. So yeah. we'll find I something. Mean, that's, I, and I mean, I think that's probably most most sports teams as well. I think there's a couple of cities that it's just a lot more for. True, uh, yes. And I think Edmonton happens to be one of those. Yeah. I don't think Calgary is that. It doesn't It doesn't seize the city in the same way that, that the Oilers do. I think Edmonton, you could probably say, is closer to Montreal. Yeah, or, or, right. or yeah. you know, if, if anyone's well, listening they, to mean, this in the States, Green Bay. Yeah. You know, the Green Bay Packers, you know, small town, northern outpost, you know, the... the the it's basically the, the one, yeah, the one, the the sports team hubs where the team, at least at one point in their history, was the team. You yeah. know, the Oilers obviously had their yeah. huge uh, Gretzky years. That is like, you know, they were the team. They for were the team a, for yeah. like a decade, and uh, you know, the Canadiens as well. Yeah, you know, oh, several times, several times, <laughs> and, yeah. and uh, I'm sure a lot. Of, I don't know football that well, but I'm sure you know, like if you Patriots. New England Patriots is one that comes to mind. 100 <laughs> you know, percent, right? Those so. kind of those kind of teams are usually the ones that are the the city itself seems to be a lot more obsessed about their team yeah. than like even Calgary. Like Calgary, I think uh, is pretty obsessive about the Flames. Yeah, but. Not to the degree of Edmonton or some of those other teams I mentioned, but and a lot of that has to do with them having one Stanley Cup. Yeah, it, yeah. it, it really, yeah. Um, it really <laughs> yeah. regulates the civic mood up and down, depending on how the Oilers are doing on any yeah. given day. Versus so. like some teams that have zero Stanley Cups, there's just not that. Like they're they're really excited to like maybe one day they'll get one, but like you know even the Washington Capitals before last year. They they were like yeah I mean we're we're rooting for our team obviously but it's not you know but like now now that they have a cup there's probably going to be a bigger influx of uh, you know and that's just the way it works. The Oilers are in Vegas tonight actually so it's the holy trinity of an Oilers game plus uh, Las Vegas plus St Patrick's Day so oh, wow. I'm fully expecting to see and and hear stories from people I know who are down there uh, <laughs> watching Oilers hockey in Vegas on St. Patrick's Day that probably might not survive the night. Oh so, boy, well... Yeah, no kidding. Thoughts and prayers go out to anyone at that center in Las Vegas. But St. Patrick's Day, you guys have this amazing knack um, for, for <laughs> lining up your episodes in just perfect ways like two bad <laughs> like the two bad neighbors the live episode like number you know uh, number 100 um but now today 
and I, I feel so lucky because I got a Schwartzwelder episode, I got a an itchy and scratchy episode. Yep. But the we got look out itchy, he's Irish. He's Irish, yeah. yeah. Today, which is just perfect. You guys just have this knack for finding the right and the right moments. All hundred percent planned. One hundred percent. We mapped this out. Very good at planning. As much as J.J. Abrams mapped out Lost. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Uh, so <laughs> we are of course talking about the day the violence died. Uh, this is the 18th episode of season seven, written by John Schwartzwelder, as you said, directed by Wes Archer, and original air date was March 17th, 17th. 1996. Yeah, so, we nailed it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we fucking nailed it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, this is going it. to come out, of course, on Friday, but... Yeah, so it'll come out after St. Patty's Day, but yeah, um, yeah. Still, it's, we recorded it on the day. Yeah. So, yeah. good for us. <laughs> yeah, it's important to know. We, yeah. We did a good job. <laughs> so... I'm thinking, and, and I'm, I'm, I know we'll get to this, but I was just thinking and watching the episode. If this was released in 96, because mm-hmm. I was trying to remember when yep. this was, uh, like, how, how old is Chester J. Lampwick in this episode? What's, episode? what's the... What's uh, the... Do, they, do they use, like, octogenarian? Do they use that? Uh, he, he's got to be, because he was, like... Um, but, like, uh, do they use that language in, in the episode? I, I feel like, for some remember. reason in my brain, I remember someone saying something to generic. Or maybe I'm thinking of the last episode uh, the with Mr. Burns. Like, if, um, if we're charitable and we say that he created Itchy and Scratchy as a teenager, so like... Yeah, 1919 is, is what the canon is in the, in the right. episode. Yeah. So let's say, let's say just for ease of math, he was born in 1900 and he created Itchy and Scratchy when he was 19 years old. Sure. He would be a 96-year-old man in this yeah. episode. Yep. He's no spring chicken. No. And I and I had no idea it was Kirk Douglas either. Me neither. No I I didn't I didn't know that until until today. Until today. Yeah. I mean, I knew it only because I used to have. Well, I still have this uh, Simpsons guidebook that I read obsessively as a kid. Um, when I wasn't watching the show, I would just read the book while eating cereal in the morning. I, it's very like ingrained in my brain. That's what that's what I would do. Now you listen to podcasts, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, I good. don't read books good. anymore because okay. I mean, Prince is dead. Books are dumb. Uh, <laughs> Who has the time? Yeah, you know. And um, but it, so in in with each episode, they would have uh like a little sidebar that would have like a featured character of some kind. Usually the guest character, like usually a featured guest character. In this case, it was Chester J. Lampwick. And on the bottom, it would say voiced by blank. And that was actually a big reason why I learned a lot of the voice actors in the show, or the guest voice actors rather in the show. And uh, there's certain ones in that guidebook actually that I remember where it doesn't have. Like the featured character when it should. Um, I can't think of an example right off the top of my head, but let's just say, for example, it was the Sherry Bobbins episode and it didn't have Sherry Bobbins and it had like Mo. And I would get so angry that it wouldn't have like the featured character there. That's not what they did for that episode. I remember for sure they had Sherry Bobbins. But um, but yeah, I was always very upset when they didn't have uh, the featured well, character. As you should be, because that's why would you put Mo there? <laughs> why would you He's put Mo the worst. Yeah. <laughs> he belongs in the gutter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so he would have been he would have been very old. Um, Kirk Douglas himself was very old. Was very yeah. old, and yeah. he had a lot of left in him too. Yeah, because like, he just he, didn't. He just never died. He just wasn't he in that movie, The In Laws, in two thousand three. He was. Yeah. He was like he was still making movies. <laughs> He's Spartacus, right? He is Spartacus. Okay, yeah. That's like his biggest role that I've never seen. Oh really? So for a long time, I knew him as the guy from the movie The In Laws. Okay, I really need. Come you to- on, <laughs> hold on. 
This I, is movie guy Alan. Hang on a second. like Spartacus, yes. Kirk Douglas. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But the in-laws guy, really? But hold on. I'm saying, like, now I know him as Spartacus okay. guy. I'm saying in 2003 when I worked at the video rental store and I was still learning about movies, uh, okay. I didn't watch a lot of, like, basically stuff from, you know, 1900 to 1980. Right. <laughs> so, like, all the stuff I watched was, like, in my, like, while I was alive era. So when I saw when <laughs> the only reason I know the movie The In Laws is because when I worked at the movie rental store, uh, I would receive every new week's every new release. So during that era, I knew like so many movies and so like weird because they'd play on trailers as well in the store yeah, all yeah, day, yeah. stuff like that. So like there's certain movies that are like most people would be like, I don't even know that movie existed. I'm like, yeah, I know everything about that movie. So because... when you, when you host movie trivia, yeah. because that's that's one of the the many things that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, how many, if you were to take an estimate, how many in your audience are like former blockbuster slash video station mm. employees who have that just knowledge that of knowledge? absorbing movies yeah, working I mean... <laughs> the graveyard shift at the 24-hour video rental store? It wouldn't store. surprise me if a lot of them were, um, especially because our movie trivia tends to veer more on the hard side, and the ones that do very well are fewer than the ones who do poorly. Guys, yeah, I'm sorry. He's not dead. Kurt Douglas isn't <laughs> yeah. dead. What? Hold on. <laughs> Stop the presses. Well, we're, we're, we're we are recording this in advance, so, yeah, so we have dies, a couple days before if this he comes dies, out uh, between March 17th and March uh, 23rd, whatever it is. He's 102 years old. Wow. He's not dead. He's still kicking. Yeah. That's shocking. That's to amazing. Me. I, I totally thought he died after the in-laws. I, <laughs> That was it. That was, yeah, was, was like, it. No, well, I'm he did done. it with uh, Michael Douglas. It was no, like it was I'm, a fun tie-in. I'm looking at his family. I'm looking at his Wikipedia here, and there's I'm like I'm like where are his dates? Right? They just have sure. the born dates, right? And they always have born right. and, and died, and died yeah. dates. They have like what uh, was his last film? Uh, I think his like uh, was it the end? Yeah, it must really have, it, it must have been close to that. You know, <laughs> like that that that. That can't that was 16 years ago. Yeah, that can't have been like um he can't have done much since then. So, um Empire State Building Murders is what it was called. <laughs> what? In 2008. It's a TV oh, wow, okay. movie. Yeah. Um who did he play? Runs in the family. Uh I think you might be thinking of it runs in the family. Oh, I might be, yeah. Yeah. And that's what's the end? That's the one with Michael Douglas and Kirk Douglas. So yeah, it runs okay, in the yeah, family. That's definitely the one I was is the one you're right. thinking of. And it was two thousand and three. So that was like yeah. one of his last proper... I got everything right about that except for the title. <laughs> yeah. You've got no, yeah, you nailed it. Um The In Laws. Is that a different movie? I'm I'm sorry, you continue looking that up. And uh so Illusion is his uh is his last film. It came out in two thousand and four and and it was. It says here it was his last film role before he retired uh, from acting at um, at a spry uh, near 100 years old. Wow. Yeah, he turned. Someone's got to bring him out of retirement. Get a 102 year old Kirk Douglas to star in your movie. He turned 100 in 2016, and he's still alive. Oh, hold on. Uh-huh. Alternate title for it runs in the family. The in laws. The in laws. Good. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Fucking nice. nailed it. Very <laughs> Just good. My phone in, Very good. In happiness. Well done. Uh, so I knew it. Back. I definitely knew it as it as uh, as it, it runs in the family. In the family. Yeah. Uh, I wonder but, if it was uh, like Canadian. Because uh, sometimes that's very very rare. But sometimes it does do. Uh, it does do. Jeez. Uh, sometimes they do have alternate titles for U.S. versus Canada. Right. Very rarely. Like usually it's overseas. But 
Anyway, um, man, yeah, Kirk Chester Douglas. J. Lampwick still kicking. He's still, still alive. Still around. Yeah. Jeez, 102. You said 102. Jeez. Yeah, he was born in 1916. Wow. Yeah. So, Kirk. Um, so if we're so if we're know, also paralleling him with he's of course he's also a World War II veteran. <laughs> of course, yeah. yeah. Everyone served was in, too. served in the American Navy. So I salute you. Yeah. Uh, my God. My but so God. if he was the same age as Lampwick, then Lampwick was three years old when he invented. Yeah, no, right. he was like yeah. uh, Douglas was playing older. Yeah, of you course. know, yeah. Uh, he's he's got range, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, from Spartacus to the in-laws, that's pretty great range. I mean, we don't even know what that movie's called, <laughs> really. That's how mercurial he is. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I love this voice performance. To be perfectly honest, I think it's a lot of fun, and it and it's just like this really old man out of nowhere, yeah. Uh, which is, which I and I, I I like it. I I like this this vocal performance. But let's get down to business here, Alan. You said this wasn't one of your favorites, correct? You said uh, in our last episode that you might downright not like this episode. Yeah. Where do you land? Uh, it's, it's in the middle. I, it's definitely not one I dislike. It's not a, a secrets of a successful marriage, uh, level. Right. Um, but it's not my favorite. Uh, and, uh, there's several reasons why, and we'll kind of discuss it as we go. But, uh, just to your point, I actually don't like his vocal performance. I think it's okay. kind of boring. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just cause he's an old man, but you know, I, I find it's especially evident for me in the scene where he talks with Abe. Where I'm like, oh, that's like an old man cartoon character that I think is funny, and you're just you're just talking, you're just talking like an old man. It, for the the story that I read was that they had so many issues trying to coax anything out of him. He was cranky. He didn't want to do it. He'd get maybe you'd get maybe two takes out of him at mm. most. And, and I think that shows. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, if knowing that, you can sort of hear it. This, uh, this, this, I find this is a common theme with uh, Golden Age Simpsons and veteran actors who come on it, mm-hmm. like Lawrence Tierney, yeah, and Kirk Douglas, to name a few. I'm sure there was, there's other ones that were uh, not super keen on doing it, uh, and you know, they make it work. I think it's the strength of the writing too. You know, probably like, it's it's you, you can deliver any line even if you're not putting 100% commitment into it it's still just the 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 humor of the situation you know you can get something out of it from just a, a Kirk Douglas like a legendary actor Kirk Douglas but, yeah. but someone like that just just reading the lines relatively straight you know they they work you know i i i have to say i mean this once i get into 7 8 9 you know, that's where personally I started to notice my lack of, my, my, my interest sort of fades, you know, as far as, as, as do I love and cherish these episodes like I did the earlier ones. But this one stands out for me as, as, a, as a really solid one that just feels like classic golden era Simpsons. Um, and not everything in this season does to me. Um, Are there a few that stand out to you as not? Yeah, once we get into, you know... Marge in the Chanel suit and things like that. You know, like like this, maybe it's because when we go to the itchy and scratchy well, that's one that's been mined before. It's it's a it's a well known. They're not going off in any weird directions. You still have 
Roger Myers and the studio, and you have all of these great um, animation industry in jokes that are sort of woven into the the episode. Um, I don't know if 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 you were to jumble up the episodes to someone who hasn't watched in a while or thought about Golden Age Simpsons, I don't know if you would necessarily think of this one as a, as season seven. I think you would probably push back that calendar a little bit in terms of just and it's a Schwarzwelder too, mm-hmm. which yeah. which is is you know classic writing and and some just great little throwaway gags that uh, you know I hadn't noticed before in this episode. Um, it, it's it's quick, snappy writing. It feels it it feels like it's a little earlier than it actually is right. as an episode. A uh, quick uh, in laws update. <laughs> yeah, what's up? Oh, there's in, there's new news. There's new news. Breaking it news just within came the in. last five minutes. Uh, the in laws is a 2003 film starring Michael Douglas and Albert Brooks. Ah. It runs in the family is a 2003 film starring Kirk Douglas and Michael Douglas. So Michael Douglas was in two different films in 2003 where about, I thought family and yeah. marriage and stuff. And I put them together in my brain and that's hilarious. I to gotta me. tell you, why wouldn't you? They sound like the same. Movie. I know, right? And I'm sure Michael Douglas, Michael Douglas thought they were the same movie. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. And the same year too. Like I, I'm very when much do like I, cash a, my I remember movies by year very weirdly. And so I think because they were both the same year, and again, working at the video rental store, I was like, oh yeah, the Michael Douglas movie about family is the in-laws. Anyway, I feel uh, like that was very important to to clarify because we don't want some, you know, angry in-laws fans emailing us telling telling me Kirk Douglas wasn't in that movie because they are correct. Albert Brooks was though, and we all know how great he is at voice acting. Oh, he's the best. Wouldn't Albert Brooks be uh, Albert Brooks be great as Chester J. Lampwick? He would be the um he would be the ideal choice yeah. for this character. It'd make him much more interesting, much it, more relatable. I wouldn't hate him as a character, which I, I do in this episode. I, I think it there's something about an Albert Brooks performance in The Simpsons. Now, if I could if I could just trade his performance in one of the zombie years episodes and just be like, let's take that away and or season one it, and put it here, mm-hmm. uh, or Cowboy Bob in season one yeah. and I and, and put it here instead. It's got and one instead, good line. Instead, make <laughs> Brad Goodman his first appearance. Yeah, hundred percent. And put this as his um, much-awaited what second appearance? Uh, no, it'd be we would have Jacques. We would have. Right. I wouldn't take away Jacques. Yeah. Um, we would have Jacques. We would have uh, Brad Goodman. Brad Goodman, and we would have. Chester J. Chester, Chester J. He, he, holy shit. And Scorpio is the one that rounds it all out. He does yeah. sound, and he kind of does sound like an, like like a boring Albert Brooks. <laughs> yeah, right? In a little this. bit, yeah. yeah. And like, you would, could you imagine that scene where it's like, oh, I thought I recognized you. I gave you corn muffins to paint my chicken coop, right? Those chicken, those, those corn muffins were lousy, right? Yep. Could you imagine I can that? Picture it in his voice right now. Yeah, that being delivered great. by Albert Brooks, <laughs> there would be like a, maybe like ten more lines of dialogue. Well, it yeah, would yeah. be a, <laughs> it would be a performance. Yeah. As, oh, as, yeah. As opposed yeah. to and and just maybe, maybe maybe that's that's the thing that we notice is, is it does feel and and now that I sort of think about it and you guys talk about it, it does feel like those lines are sort of cut and paste and dropped into the episode it doesn't feel like there's interaction with the other people around him as far as the voice acting performance and and that's that's kind of the borderline for me and i don't know what you guys think between um a solid guest who can come in and sort of nail the gig 
and someone who's just a name that they bring in to read a few lines and then yeah. they're off and they collect their paycheck and they're on their way. This is still a great example of integrating an extremely famous person as a character. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is something that I just want to say. I, I, I'm sad that we have to say it, but I appreciate it. Yes. I appreciate not having some like random celebrity being a celebrity version of themselves, like just the like a cartoon version of themselves. Oh, it's twenty plus years ago and I was like, Oh, that's Kirk Douglas. <laughs> I learned that today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't know that. <laughs> and that's know? that's cool. That's a that's a cool thing that this show used to be so good at. And I think it's worth um pointing out that that's that's the case because it also makes it that much more special when they do in the golden age have celebrities play themselves i'm thinking specifically ernest borgnine yeah because then it's like very funny it's, also because he brings it to that episode yes like he's he really a great, does he's a great performer and also ernest borgnine <laughs> <laughs> what why what are you doing it was fatso jetson <laughs> And they make fun of the fact yes, that they that got the kids Ernest are like, Borgnine. who the hell is this? <laughs> Sorry, Ernest Borgnine will have to do. There, there's a oh, also the Mickey Rooney one, and yes, both, right, and both Bart too, yeah. and and Milhouse know who Mickey Rooney is. Yeah. Mickey Rooney, <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, that's but, uh, funny. But, and in that case, and and Ernest Borgnine, although I I would be totally happy to watch a whole episode with Ernest Borgnine on a camping adventure with children, uh, but. It's relegated to either B plot or just like a you know a side uh, instance. It's not the main plot of the episode. Whereas yeah. in this episode, Chester J. Lampwick is the driving force of the episode, and that would have been very well served with an Albert Brooks type. Yeah, and you like you can hear it in the in the DVDs with the special editions and like the special features that they have on uh, season one in, in particular when he's uh, doing the basically going on a roll as right. as Jacques and mm-hmm. Julie Kavner, you can hear her in the same booth laughing. Yeah. Laughing. Yeah. And it's yeah. very, very adorable yeah. that they're that he's there and she's there and he recognizes her as the audience and he's right. like, I want to make you laugh. Yeah. And he does. That's the aspect of the performance, right? And yeah. and and yeah, you sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. And you know, yeah, Chester J. Lampwick as a character, not memorable enough to to really remember as as far as you know the the performance and everything like that yeah. but, but i remember his clothes more than anything <laughs> i like his character design quite like a his bit bum, his bum clothes or his rich guy clothes both I, yes. I actually really like his character design like how he looks how he holds himself how like he's, he's wearing he's a little kind of slouched over yeah. a little bit you know he's and he's, he's like, got some height his, and his his top hat with yeah. the little with with the it's like it's like an open can yeah yeah know? yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's kind of grumpy all the time. I mean, he's Kirk Douglas. I know. <laughs> Kirk Douglas was almost 90 when this movie... <laughs> That's true, actually. Yeah. Now you do the math. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Good for him. <laughs> it's no, he would have been 80, wouldn't he? Hey? Because you said he was born in 1916? Yeah. He would have been 80. He would have been 80. 80, okay. Still, 80s. So, so he's playing. he's playing a 90-year-old. At least, yeah, we would hope. Wow, as I said <laughs> before, that's range. Very much so. Yeah. That's that's very impressive, but not in the in-laws. What uh, what age do you think you get to when you stop aging? What do you mean? And you're like, like I'm just old okay. now. 
that's not true, but go on. No, it's just like you get. Oh, you, I thought you were where, saying you were. I don't like, mean no, me. Where I like mean, the difference between like seventy and eighty or eighty and ninety is so negligible that it doesn't matter yeah, anymore. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Good question. Is it eighty? Eighty-five. It's got to be eighty. Yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be in that era. Yeah. Area. I, Samuel Jackson's seventy years old. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I still think of him as a fifty-year-old man. Hey, is Glass out on video yet? I don't know. I w- Probably. I want to watch that it's movie. Usually, pretty quick. I want to watch that movie again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say like almost ninety. Like like at what point do people slow down and stop well, like my, and stop working and doing things? Yeah. I mean, I look at my like, parents are in their late sixties. Uh, I guess my mom's like sixty-five. Mm, well, I guess out her right here, but uh, <laughs> I guess Kirk Douglas has been uh, like. So he's he's 102, and his last film came out in 20 in 2004. So he's been enjoying his retirement. He retired before he was 90. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess 90, 90, 90 would be the the number that I would say where it doesn't matter if you're 90 or 92 or 97 or 102. You know, as long as you're still alive, <laughs> that's kind of the goal. I think once you hit 90, it's all just bonus time after that really but yeah i mean it really all depends on what kind of medical problems you have. Well, that's yeah that's true, true. you know yeah. like my yeah. my grandma was uh 92 when she passed and she like in her last couple years until her basically last uh few days she was like a spring chicken she was spry she would went golfing like may we all be yeah and way. you know but then i had you know my one of my grandfathers had alzheimer's and so he you know right. in his 70s was like not great and so it's just it's a whole it's a whole it's a whole can of worms and, and then there's like the the here's the new world's oldest person and it's this japanese you know <laughs> retirement home and it's a 120 year old who's just you know please let me die <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> come on i'm 120 like like yeah. if, if i ever get to 120 i'll just tell my great grandkids or whatever just like no just fuck it's not worth it anymore just just forget to wake me up tomorrow yeah what is my life at this point is the tv cameras lock the door and let me sleep or you're just you know you're you're, you've you're wheeling a birthday cake with just on fire because you can't see any cakes there's so many handles and you're just shriveled over and looking at it and it's like at some at some point, I think after the after fifteen, you stop doing the number candles on the candle. I would hope so. <laughs> That's how I feel. <laughs> like it's fun when you're when you're young, and it's like ah, oh, there's two candles. That's cool. Person that doesn't have a memory yet, and then you know, like oh, there's five. You understand this now. Yeah, We're buddy. having a good time. And I then, like, hope they if do. you're at twenty and there's twenty candles on your cake because your parents are like, you're they doing make us one, do this. two. <laughs> Three. You I, get the numbers. You get the numbers, right, the yeah. two and the zero, yeah. and you light those, and you're fine. Yeah, or the sparklers. Yeah, the sparklers, the sparklers are cool. That's like uh, that's more of a late twenties. That's, 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 like, that's like a that's, that's a, a treat. That's a that's a milestone birthday. <laughs> sure, thing. you get that when you're 25. You get the sparklers, <laughs> and then you can take them We're out. Gonna waste our good sparklers on a fucking 22 yeah, year old. <laughs> I don't want to. Uh, those are for Canada Day. <laughs> I was out with a buddy today, uh, and and I was like, "Yeah, what did you do last night?" I, said, oh, I went to another friend's uh, birthday, and you know, I got there, and they were like unwrapping presents. And it's like this person's in their thirties, and they still get wrapped presents. Yeah, Who wraps presents bananas. for people? Like, like I don't know. My parents have given up on giving me 
gifts, period. Uh, but like, like who gets like a box with something like to go rip, 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 rip? And, well, I mean, and Christmas, right? I guess, but even then, it's I wrap like, all my presents at Christmas. Christmas, yeah, Christmas is different. Is, is different for sure. I feel, yeah, I feel like birthday presents, but like not birthdays birthday, in your thirties, yeah. like yeah. with wrapped gifts, still is pretty strange to me. Well, I mean, I'm not in my thirties, so all right, just throwing that out there so he wants a wrapped gift for his birthday i would yeah, love a it. wrapped gift for my birthday <laughs> this will be my All 30th the hints are this, there this, greg i'll get you around it will be my 30th birthday that's a big one in october so it's an important one yeah yeah who knows who we'll knows get 30 candles i want that's actually going to be the gift the wrapped gift is 30 candles <laughs> yes. i want that can you put in sparklers too we'll see it's a milestone <laughs> promise i won't ask for another set of sparklers for five years <laughs> all right as long as you promise all right uh so get back to the episode a bit enough about mortality yeah for a while oh boy uh an example of a good guest spot of course is right here in the episode of it's course McClure. yeah i mean it's final huts jesus yeah. christ my brain yeah. um phil hartman yeah. specifically uh he's more memorable to me in this episode, then well, they get Lampwick to go is. to court. I mean, of course, that was that was a long court scene, actually. Like, yeah. as far as like Simpsons court scene goes, so since go. the, like arguably the the bulk of the the plot isn't that court case. You think it would be, yeah. right? But then it gets wrapped up pretty quickly, and then it's like, oh, there's a whole other act. So, yeah, that might have been a mistake. Yeah, but you know, they had to bring Itchy and Scratchy they, they, back before got, the end of the episode. Gotta get back to the status quo. Yeah, because heaven forbid we do another two parter. <laughs> cowards all like i feel like it's a pretty easy fix though just have the i mean have the court case end with oh yes you are the creator um but like maybe some you know some little statute or something that like uh, here's your royalties and it's like a hundred dollars or something i don't know you know like there's some good gag there too yeah there is where you can be like yes you've won the case however your winnings are very little it doesn't bankrupt the company and everyone goes back to status quo and he's like oh great i'm gonna go get liver and onions or you know lionel hutz gets most of the money sure yeah right (laughs) it's more of a moral victory than a a cash win gives a lot of it to that guy who can fit all those uh, all those uh pool balls balls alan dershowitz (laughs) i believe is his name that's his name it is alan dershowitz or uh, maybe he needs to pay off his surprise witnesses (laughs) yeah that's true like ralph (laughs) <laughs> I love that Ralph's a surprise witness. I mean, that's it, it's a surprise for sure. Injured Santa Claus was Injured my Santa's favorite. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah. The McCrary twins, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See them again. The injured Santa Claus. Wait, have we done King Size Homer? Uh, God, I can't even remember. Where are we? <laughs> what, uh, what what happened? Because <laughs> that's the other time I can remember the McCrary twins uh, being our references. Them and oh the, yeah, the when fat it goes to the, yeah yeah, I'm uh, but I'm a anyway, big fat dynamo. I feel like we have done it. I'm, but I'm my brain I'm, is. I'm looking. <laughs> okay. I'm looking. This is great radio. Yeah, uh, it's all remains silent. Yeah, we've done it. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, Bryn was on it. Hi Bryn. Hi Bryn. <laughs> Two timers. Yeah, she joined the. Two timers Dave's club. in the two timers club. Yeah, I am. Yeah, oh, that's right. There that's we right. go. Very nice. <laughs> very, very cool. Uh, so this is a very meta episode as well. Yes, quite. Um, not only in terms of the continued comparison of Roger Meyer Senior to Walt Disney, but also just you know they have a lot of talk about animation in reference to The Simpsons itself. 
Um, how do you guys feel? Because I've I've been on record saying usually like meta jokes I really enjoy in The Simpsons. Um, I'm not sure how I felt about some of them in this episode, and I'll say specifically which ones. But I'm just wondering how you guys fall in terms of like meta stuff like that. Um, I know Community when Community came out that like made meta comedy I guess like really to the forefront and people really like it now. But it was, it seemed kind of new at this time. The, the one the one that jumped out for me was uh, in court where Roger Myers is is kind of panicky as he realizes he's losing and he references Chief Wiggum as a cartoon yep. character and and to be fair they kind of worked with that because Wiggum was sitting there and he kind of looks up yeah, and he goes like, what uh, which made the gag work but you got to be careful with that right yeah and i think that's actually the specific one i didn't like yeah is uh and i i i'm not entirely sure why i think it's because of the name check specifically uh i don't mind like there's the i think it's in boy scouts in the hood even actually is when um they say like cartoons don't need to make sense and then home and homer's <laughs> sitting on the couch and homer walks past <laughs> the window i love that joke i think it's very funny if if for some reason someone had said look homer's outside or i don't know i just the 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 fact that they call him chief wiggum like i can forgive that because it's like an animation thing it's a visual animation thing but saying chief wiggum is a cartoon character in court while chief wiggum's sitting behind him i'm just like that's lazy (laughs) all right but I don't know. And there's some other good, you know, references, like not necessarily meta jokes, but, you know, animators have AA on Mondays, you know, things like that, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, it's kind of poking at the industry. And I, I like that because that's, those are, those are jokes that you can throw at people very, very quickly. And if you're not paying attention or if it's not on your wavelength, they're just going to go by you and they don't affect the trajectory of, of the show or the comedy or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, like the, the, the gag that I had never noticed before was uh, when they're in the basement and uh, they asked, do you know what radon is? <laughs> like, that's... No. I didn't get that one. <laughs> that's a good joke. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think that... The, the other thing is this is like a pretty direct sequel to Itchy and Scratchy Land in some ways, just because of the Walt Disney connection. Mm-hmm. Um and that stuff I actually really like. And that's kind of the stuff I like in the episode is just like the exploration of the history of Itchy and Scratchy by way of essentially drawing parallels to um, Walt Disney, uh, you know, right down to the, him being cryogenically frozen and <laughs> um, all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, but for some reason it just doesn't doesn't hit for me overall, like the episode itself where I'm just like, I laugh at a lot of the jokes. There's a lot of funny stuff in the episode. And I don't know if it's just Chester and my distaste of him as a character. Um, or if there's something more. I also like, like, I think also because him winning the money and then just being a jerk about it. Like, as a kid, I remember being so mad about that. <laughs> We're just like, hey, I got a solid gold house and rocket car and I don't need anything else. Goodbye. I'm like, These, they helped you get all this stuff. Give them some money at least. I don't know. There's something there that just really bugged me and then they you know go on their own adventure and he's not in the episode anymore and then the lester and eliza resolution well quite funny and again meta about sitcoms wrapping up and hey like someone else (laughs) solved this mystery not the main characters nice throwback to tracy allman yeah 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 yeah. like i like all that but just i don't know just something about it almost feels like the episode itself is like outside of 
the series in a way because of that resolution. And I don't know. I don't. I really can't put my finger on why I dislike this episode as much as I do. But I do. I and don't like it. I don't hate it. But I just. I. It's always the one that I'm like bummed about when I you know see it coming up in. If I'm watching through the DVDs, which I, you know, would I wouldn't skip it because I'm a completionist. But it, uh, <laughs> it's an episode with an unusual rhythm, right? Yeah, like like it 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 has this, and and even watching it a little more critically today, um, you as I pointed out earlier, you have this long stretch of a courtroom scene, and, and yeah. I, I go, oh, man, that was longer than I remember, <laughs> and then it has this sort of weird. Um, left turn fake out ending as well. Um, also, for an itchy and scratchy episode, there's not a ton of itchy and scratchy, True. Or, or or crusty, uh, which are, are right, always the favorite. The end, or or, think, right? or in court too. Oh right, yeah. Um, very briefly, um, and and though as far as vehicles in the show that the writers use to make fun of their own industry, Krusty's the best. Like Krusty is absolutely 100 the best, and 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 consistently funniest way that they make fun of the entertainment industry is through Krusty. And so there wasn't a lot of that there, which was kind of odd too. Um, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I get, I get your point as far as just the episode, just feeling a little off, Yeah, you know, the expansion of the history behind itchy and scratchy is probably what has always kept this episode afloat for me. Yeah. I, I just love that stuff. I love it when when they actually are like, yeah, let's make a commitment. This is this is this is where this particular part of our show comes from. This is what it is. This is clearly what we're doing with it. Walt Disney is the inspiration. Uh, we're gonna throw in some uh, original stuff, but like, let's 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 make it our own world inspired by and and satirizing the the world that we know. Which I really really like that this episode. Builds a, a very solid foundation around that. Yeah. Um, and as far as uh, an odd rhythm, I think a lot of that can be chalked up to Chester uh, sure. being sure. Yeah. being a little bit like uh, like an off uh, performance. One that I still actually enjoy, if I'm being perfectly honest. I. <sighs> I I wish I could come up with such a with a concise real reason why I do like this episode uh, quite as quite as much as you came up with one why you don't because that that makes a lot of sense uh, where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, mine just like I I like the individual bits of this episode. I yeah. think so very very much like the 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 whole lead up to the parade. I think is just a bunch of really really wonderful jokes one yeah. after another. Agreed. The Pretty much the whole trial sequence, whenever, as soon as Lionel Hutz comes in, I think that's solid. That's really solid. And even the really weird, and it's weird, <laughs> the weird ending yeah. of this episode makes me feel like this is the meta joke on the uh, elasticity of yes. sitcoms. Yeah. But it's in a way that's different to a lot of to pretty much everything else the Simpsons had ever done mm -hmm. up to this point. They had never called themselves out on it this much, even by so much bringing in like these two characters that had been drawn into the show before as the main characters of the show. So weird. <laughs> it's super weird. And it's, uh, it works for me. It, it yeah. really works for me. And the, the, the strange, uh, 
pacing. I I do understand that. That makes a lot of sense. Like you the idea of pacing is yeah. it's a weird it does have a weird rhythm. Yeah. This this episode, but I kind of like it. I kind of like the the rhythm of it. I I do need to bring up too you're talking about all the weird gags and just the sort of one-off things um it might be one of my favorite millhouse performances of all time <laughs> yeah, yeah. Milhouse is just there out of nowhere yeah, and just yelling at a film the, strip the film with them yeah, yeah and and <laughs> itchy runs afoul of an irishman <laughs> it's um, it's just him him being perfect dumb. day for more oh. <laughs> i love that part just, just, do we see him sitting with them? Yep. Very yeah. briefly. Very briefly. But like what what a great just couple of moments to like define Milhouse's character as sitting next to Bart and just kind of this dumb kid who's just sort of overexcited and maybe wetting himself at this cartoon, you know? <laughs> you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they actually originally wrote the scene without Milhouse and they literally just watched the the silent film. Yeah, and then they realize they need they need something in there while yeah. it plays, and rather than just w- literally watching it, because um, it's just it, it's true. Like it's so weird that he's just like, "Hello!" Like <laughs> suddenly he's there, and he's the basically the one talking about you know because they can't have Lisa or Bart have that like childish nature with yes. the with the thing. So that's look why out, I, itchy. He's Irish. It's yeah. just my favorite line so, of the episode. One hundred percent. Oh um, my god. Something that just kind of came to me, basically, Greg, when you were talking about the uh, the the building of the history of Itchy and Scratchy, and because I was saying, I was like, yeah, that's the kind of thing I love too. Why don't I love this one? And I think it's because it's almost a similar uh, feeling I have to Principal and the Popper, which we will get to. But it's almost like because it's changing the history that we know about the show in a way that I don't particularly like. And granted, <laughs> Roger Myers Sr. loved almost everyone in the world. <laughs> we all know that. But also my my own <laughs> my own personal affinity <laughs> my own personal affinity to Walt Disney yeah. uh, as much as I'm sure, you know, if I if people knew him in real life, maybe he was a bad person or maybe there was there was things about him that I'm sure they're like he's not a magical pixie man who's created wonderful things, but I have such a strong affinity for Walt Disney as a man because of what he's created. Um the the idea of like kind of like shitting on that in a sense in this episode with like no uh Roger Myers Sr. had no talent he was a hack he was a fraud he stole everything and that proves to be correct at least from what we're shown is just like makes me feel gross <laughs> if that makes sense like it's it's honestly it's like if uh you know in a zombie simpsons episode it's like oh actually homer is not the father of lisa Here's the real father. You know what I mean? Like changing what we know about the show I, I, to, I, to draw conflict. That, I know what you mean. Yeah. And I know what you mean. And I think that's valid. But I think this is a lot less. Um, oh, it's not nearly as bad as Armin Tanzarian. Yeah. It's, yes. no, it's, I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as that. Because they've set up Itchy and Scratchy before. They, you've seen the sanitized version of history, mm-hmm. right? And now you get to see the actual version of history. Chester is Ubiwerks. He's the other guy. Sure. The one who doesn't get the name on the... Is it Ruben Fleischer? Um, Ruben Fleischer is a director, I believe, of the film Venom. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just yeah, pulled, that guy. Pulled a name right out of thin air, didn't you? <laughs> no, no. What's his name? Hold on. I'm going to find no, it. I, I, but to your point. Who reinvented your... Oswald the Lucky Rabbit? Who by works. He was one of them. I think it's a different name. It, it is. It is another. People are like yelling at their there's, there's iPods as they're yeah, listening okay. right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I just. It feels like The Simpsons, and and the reason I love The Simpsons, the reason we love The Simpsons, the reason it resonates today is that a lot of the writing has had comes from a place of of deep cynicism towards public institutions, yep. whether it's schools, whether it's government, whether it's 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 you know, the power plant or anything like that. And so this this feels to me like more of the same, where um, you have, you know, this this smiley, happy Disney thing that is exposed to be a fraud or, or the, the, the beloved hero who's plucking the characters out of his brain um, is exposed to be a fraud. And then it doesn't, the ship doesn't write itself at all. It's just a legal trick with the Mr. Zip ending that, you know, as you say, <laughs> confirms that he did all this stuff, <laughs> but guess what? He still wins in the end. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like that's that's a classic kind of bit of Simpsons writing that, you know, no one is good and all of these institutions are are lousy, but, you know, the powerful people, the Roger Meyer seniors of the world or juniors still win. Yeah, everyone sucks, we all die sad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's really what you know. The Simpsons is always trying to put forth. Uh, Charles Mintz was the person. That's I the was one. Thinking okay. Of. Yeah. Uh, the reason I <laughs> pulled Ruben Fleischer, I was thinking of Max Fleischer, who was an animation guy, uh, mm. not related to <laughs> Walt yeah. Disney. Yeah. Um, but Ruben Fleischer probably, you know, probably had some hand in in you know Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and, and now that I think about it. You know what's missing from this episode is like a flashback scene. You mm. know, like 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 what like no, why, that's fair. Yeah, if you why, saw why, like Roger yeah. Meyer Senior and Chester J. Lampwick uh, younger, coexisting younger, yeah. in the twenties, yeah, like that could be interesting. Like that that feels like it's it's because because you're you're expecting because they to couldn't just get sort Kirk of, Douglas to play young. <laughs> maybe that's it. <laughs> um, but your only kind of confirmation of the story is this film strip and that's it right yeah. like like how did they get to know each other how where where did their paths cross you know what's what's this lampwick character's history and and i mean maybe that maybe that would sort of soften the the dislike that you have of the character if you knew a little bit about you know even if you had just an establishing scene to sort of set up you know springfield 1920 and they they were so good at writing those old timey yeah. scenes too back in the day right like i immediately think of the hellfish episode yeah, yeah. where there's they set up the whole squad yeah in a minute yeah and it's everything you need and it's it's great yeah and then you have a base that you can work from right and maybe yeah. that's what was missing here to sort of establish the characters i think you might be right well, that that might have helped a lot. Uh, I like that we're coming up with things that could have helped this episode. That's nice. Yeah, we're only what twenty three years too late. I, I also I just remembered I have a real problem with the whole film strip uh, angle. It burning uh, up. Or well, just the him fact having that he, it. he has it and has never legally tried to. Yeah, he's an idiot. You know, like, and then he shows it to children and it burns, and he's like, "Oh, thanks a lot." It's like, "Yeah, it's your fault, you idiot." Yeah, you, that's, you that's deserve crazy. not getting riches for having this film strip that essentially proves you created itchy and scratchy and never pursuing 
legality. I don't know. I that's lazy writing because yeah. you could you could have easily just gone to the. Oh God! Listen to me. Uh, <laughs> but just go to the school. Have it in the library. You know, that's if, the thing. If, if yeah, you're like, making the joke about the ninety-year-old film projector, yeah. rather than have you know? him already have it, have like, like we need to solve this mystery, and then they find it. Yeah, have and them, then it burns. Have Bart up. do some investigating. Totally. He's a little scamp. He loves doing that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then also, like, I mean, you know, not to get into uh, lawyer reality because we all know the courtroom scene is the furthest from reality in any lawyer uh, real court but i'm pretty sure you would need more than just a signature on a thing that had a date on it to prove it's you know you'd need an expert to come in and yeah yeah the thing. of course it's cartoon logic but, i know i'm being you know we need to, we need now, to finish but... the episode <laughs> yeah. like that's, that's their logic right there you know <laughs> we've got to move things along here yeah we've been in this court for a while it's true as as i'm sure we've all noticed so and they, we all know that you know lionel Hutz doesn't work on a contingency no he does no. not money down yes money down. also get rid of that bar <laughs> endorsement there Oh boy, I love it. Why does he eat it? It's <laughs> <laughs> the best way to get rid of evidence. Any lawyer knows that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> you guys hear you shred that, it? That, that, you can tape it back together. Sorry. You guys hear that Trump like shreds paper as he like shreds memos that he reads and like drops them on the ground and people have to tape them together. Oh boy, this is the least surprising thing I've heard today. Because he's, he's a criminal. Just, I can't. <laughs> he's a crime guy. He's a crime guy. <laughs> he's a fucking gangster. <laughs> And he, yeah, and he doesn't like know one. how paper sh- that paper shredders actually exist, so yeah. he does it by hand. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. I just wouldn't it be great if he turned if he if he started eating them. <laughs> I would love that. I'm sure he does. I would love. I'm sure he's ha- he has like either on purpose or by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Neither would surprise me. <laughs> Nothing does. Okay. How do you guys feel about parades? Parades? <laughs> I'm lukewarm on them at the best of times usually because the last few parades i've been to i've been in oh and those aren't fun they're not fun it's not fun being in a parade what float were you on i was on a truck (laughs) waving (laughs) waving at the crowd uh yeah Yeah. ah the farmer's parade of course yes you know (laughs) yeah you know it Every weekend here in Calgary. Yep. <laughs> Although the uh, the the bit about the parade coverage and Suzanne Summers, who was the other yeah, guest yeah. on, yep. on uh, parade coverage, I like that. I like the 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 tired old man, uh, David yeah, Brinkley. Suzanne. Is it not? I do. It's supposed to be David Brinkley. It, yeah, like yeah. probably it's yeah. not actually him voicing him, yeah. but I think yeah, I think you're right. That's supposed uh, to be. <laughs> do they call him by name? I can't remember. I, I know she he, he says he says Suzanne. Yeah, so. she says for his first name. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But parade coverage though is is. It's the hardest, deadliest thing to do as a broadcaster. I've heard, I've heard from people who have done it before. Um, it's going so slowly. You have to. You've got this big stack of information, and there's only so many things you can say about the next marching band coming up, or the yeah. next guy riding a horse, or whatever, to make it entertaining or inter- interesting. It's most parades. In fact, all parades, I would say, are dreadfully boring and yes. challenging to broadcast too but to, people watch to them. watch <laughs> for me i know that's what the, so that's why i kind of brought it up is that i don't like parades i'd never have and i always am baffled by how many people go to parades i mean here in calgary the stampede parade obviously is the big one um but uh unreal 
but like uh you know even the pride parade like i went to the pride parade and i i love the the message of it obviously and everything like that but i was just like is this still going like <laughs> there's a lot of people in this parade which good for them but also like can we can we tighten it up a bit <laughs> everybody we're running long yeah i don't know i and maybe i'm an old curmudgeon but i just i i'm and even at disneyland you know like there's the joke in itchy and scratchy land you know hurry we'll miss the 1205 parade and like that's very apt uh you know in the sense that there's often parades happening or at least there was in that era actually i think nowadays it's it's less uh like every you know hour or whatever good parades are terrible yeah they do them like maybe once a day i think kind of thing oh too much yeah i know still too much but but i remember as a kid going to disneyland and being like this is something that should be really exciting for me yeah i'm a child it's colorful lights it's cool characters that i like dancing and i was just like can we this go on a is, ride or something? Like, <laughs> why are we doing yeah. this? It's, are it's, we standing in a crowd of people watching one chunk of street that different things will pass by every hour? Uh, <laughs> it's you if, know. if you want if you want a sad parade, uh, and this is the Edmontonian in me. <laughs> um, the the K Days parade is often the saddest parade. What is in, K Days? Yeah, K Days is formerly Klondike Days, but they rebranded it a few years back because. Uh, they, all the old prospectors someone, died. Someone so was making a fuss. It was, it was either a copyright thing or someone was making a fuss that it wasn't historically <laughs> accurate because the Klondike Gold Rush. Some yeah, yeah. nonsense like that, sure, right? Yeah. But but it's a, like at least the Stampede Parade. People come down for it, and yeah. there are hundreds of thousands of people on the street, That's and it's a kickoff kickoff to the to the week, and people are just getting drunk after, right? Yeah. Like, a, a, and everyone takes it off work, and it's it's a thing that happens. I go for here. the pancakes. Yeah, exactly. And I don't watch the parade and I eat pancakes. That's all you do. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, I also have a bias against the Calgary Stampede Parade because I worked downtown several years and on the day of the parade, it's like impossible for me to get to work. I'm like, I. They made you work on parade day? Well, it was, uh, I worked at a box office, so it wasn't, oh, there you know, you go. it wasn't yeah. one of those where they could just take a day off. It's yeah. like, we're, we need to be there. And, yeah. uh, um, at the law firm as well when I worked there same kind of thing where it's oh just yeah like, you worked at a law firm yeah <laughs> I can't believe it's not a law firm um, <laughs> right next to the yogurt nook that's that's right <laughs> but it's just like uh, I just I, I got so frustrated where I would because I took transit and I would you know get off my normal stop and then I'd like walk and I'd be like oh there's the there's where the parade is gonna happen and there's people and they're all saying like don't cross here and i'm like where do i cross they're like ah you got to find like they didn't even know they're like i don't know that that way i guess and i'm like okay so it's just uh, i just stampede parade does though have uh, horse poop bingo which is the highlight of the parade <laughs> sounds like uh one thing of those three things i like <laughs> have you ever seen this though like <laughs> no. on Ninth avenue they will spray paint bingo numbers like in the intersection okay so if you're so if you're ever driving down ninth avenue mm-hmm. and i don't know of any other parade in the world this probably sounds so stupid <laughs> to anyone listening outside of calgary which it is yeah um, but they would spray paint numbers and they would hand out bingo cards for people that were lining the parade route near this intersection so yep. it was giant bingo and if a horse took a shit on your number yeah you got to win something i don't know but <laughs> But if if you were ever driving down Ninth Avenue, you horse, saw all of these weird poop. numbers, and and they would stay on the street for weeks after the stampede. That's what it was. You would have to explain to your friends and family from out of town. It's like, oh, it's a oh, game it's that we bingo. play when horses poop during a parade. We're we're a big city. We're uh, we're cosmopolitan here. Yeah. So, I promise, we're cosmopolitan. We have I mean, we horse have cars. Shit bingo, and but they the still cars. bring the horses. Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. I bring these weird relic slaves of ours. Parades are bunk. So I watched this YouTube video about uh, like horses, like just like the history of horses. Sure. And it's fascinating. <laughs> like um, like humanity's relationship? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. absolutely fascinating. Like, you know, obviously why we started riding horses mm-hmm. and then also just like like today and how uh, horses like sitting on a horse is like like denotes power and denotes uh superiority and that yep. kind of thing and it's it's very good i highly recommend it i can't remember what it's called <laughs> but search for horses in history on youtube i'm sure you'll find it <laughs> horse very history at, very good at plugging horse story uh, things that i enjoy <laughs> horse story horse story that's the next podcast guys <laughs> that's right <laughs> coming this summer on boathouse studios horse while story. we're taking a break from this one <laughs> horse story Look, the name is is half the battle That's when you're true. coming up with something. It's very like true. This. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, shall we go over to the reference desk, or is sure. there anything else you want to mention? Reference desk, then. Stunned silence. Just so to tie it in with the reference desk a bit, we also have a mailbag. Yeah, from Christy. That uh, is, was very informative. Very, like I knew maybe fifty percent of this stuff. Yeah, she um, goes deep. She was very deep. So I won't yeah. say that I won't read the whole thing. But basically, talking about the history of uh, Walt Disney, Charles Mintz, um, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, and how Disney worked for Mintz and uh, created Oswald the Lucky Rabbit for Mintz. But then once the series took off, Disney went to Mintz hoping to get. Uh, basically like a raise to to increase the production costs and instead Mintz uh, hired Disney's animators out from under him, forced Disney out and kept Oswald for himself. And allegedly this instance is what made Disney resolve to never relinquish ownership of his films or creations ever again. No, he learns from it. Yeah. Like he learns the most important lesson of his life. Maybe this moment is might be the most important, important lesson learned by anyone in the 20th century. Well, and not only that, it also... <laughs> Like I, I'm, I'm not I actually. I, no, I think you're being 100 percent honest and uh, or sincere. But I think the interesting thing is that copyright, as we know it, is birthed from this. It, inter- right. it yeah. changes. Yeah. It changes because everything. Disney essentially created. Normally, copyright was I can't remember how much, but very, very short. Like you're the kind of, like before some things entered the public domain, it was very short. Yeah. Disney yeah. basically made them change it to essentially a hundred years. I want to say, uh, maybe they, maybe they, more. They pushed it to seventy five. Okay, yeah. And now it's it, they keep pushing. They it keep be- pushing it because yeah. of Mickey. Because of Mickey, they right. don't want anyone yes. else to use Mickey. Yeah, and that's why so many things that should be in public domain are not. Because that's why copyright- Batman and Superman aren't. Yes. Uh, so I think that's very fascinating. That basically just this one cartoon character changed all of our collective uh, pop culture history yeah uh the, the copyright law is usually not interesting at all but you take a look at the copyright law when it comes to the walt disney corporation and yeah. it is fascinating uh also i noticed that there was no mention of ubi works in there once again he got fucked <laughs> <laughs> you're apparently the only one who knows who ubi works is he and was one of Disney's closest friends. His own fault. And he created Oswald the Lucky Rabbit okay. and Mickey Mouse. Cool. So he and was one of the animators that Mint stole? Is he that probably? created Steamboat Willie. Oh, cool. Don't Continuing care. on? <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, he's finally getting his due now, That's which right. is the That's important right. part. Yeah. On a podcast that maybe 500 people will listen to, <laughs> and we appreciate you all. Um, Justice for Oob. <laughs> Hashtag. 
there's also uh, some talk about the Manhattan Madness uh, itchy cartoon. Uh, apparently, Josh Weinstein says that uh, Gertie the Dinosaur was the inspiration. Yes, but she has a different take on this. Yeah, well, uh, Felix Saves the Day is the is the one that she uh, references, which oh, okay. I haven't seen. But uh, uh, basically, the <laughs> she says you'll have to excuse the racist caricatures in that one. Uh-huh. Um, which, I mean, if you look at animation before 1990, uh, <laughs> you're gonna find those. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Well, I mean, even, maybe even in the nineties. Yeah, even in the nineties. Um, <laughs> Human beings aren't very good to each other. That's right. Um, <laughs> there's also uh, a lot of talk about Felix the cat and and that kind of thing. Uh, I don't want to dive too deep into it, but just know that this was very much appreciated. I love this history stuff. Yeah, uh, it's and great. If people want to know more about it, um, l- let us know, and we'll be happy to pass on the information. But let's get to the real reference desk. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, I mean, the title is kind of a reference to the day the music died, which American pie by Don, Don McLean. 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 And McLean is not a it's name. McLean. Yes, it is. <laughs> but it's not pronounced McLean, that way. McLean cuisine. McLean? <laughs> he wouldn't be famous with, with a name like McLean. If he invented lean cuisine, name. that's a name like McFly. <laughs> It's just a bad day. <laughs> right. Um I kind I'm not sure if this is intentional, but I kind of got the when in, uh Itchy sucks up Ghost Scratchy in the vacuum cleaner, I got Casper vibes personally. I got Ghostbusters vibes. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Either one. Um Fritz the Cat, of course, is mentioned and yep. that's by uh Crum, Robert Crum. It's like a I don't know if you're familiar with. I am, yeah, yeah with yeah. Fritz the Cat, old <laughs> like lecherous cat. The Cat Fox. That's, that's oh, not, okay. That's... Yeah. Right. 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 Uh, it was the first animated movie to be rated X. That's right. Yeah. Before the NC-17 rating existed. Uh, the documentary Crumb by Terry Zweigoff is very good. If you ever, I'll have to, to check that. He's out. the guy who directed uh, Ghost World. Oh, and others. Never Ghost seen World it. Is... How dare you? <laughs> I love Ghost World. So I definitely much. was supposed to for a university class, which is probably why I didn't. You should, I think you should watch Ghost World. I think you'd really like the Steve Buscemi character. He's yeah. very funny in that movie. Yeah, he's but... a, he's an old grump, uh-huh. uh, but I love him so much. He just like he just gets so angry at people. He collects vinyl and he like he just like yells at people in the street. And he he loves old blues. He goes to this. Uh, sorry, this is my favorite part of the movie. He goes to this uh, uh, bar to see like a classic blues guy play, and he's opening for this band this like upcoming local band called blues hammer and so no one's paying attention to this legendary old blues guy playing just like sitting playing guitar and it's very good but like everyone in the bar is just like watching sports and being loud and he's so angry at them and then like the girl that he's supposed to go on a date with or whatever is like oh if you like if you like classic blues you'll love blues hammer those guys rock and then when Blues Hammer plays, it's the funniest thing because they're not playing blues. They're just playing rock and roll and just the guy's like sticking his tongue out and shaking his head. And oh, my God, it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> blues Hammer. Um, High and Lois is referenced by Comic Book Guy. Are you the creator of High and Lois? Because <laughs> they were making me laugh. May know as a, a cartoon from the funny pages. Yep. I Allegedly funny I used to read it all the time. Yeah. Did you guys? Uh-huh. Yeah, I never thought I, it was funny. No, it never was. Actually. But I felt that way about most uh, like newspaper comics. I was always like, these aren't funny; they're just little stories. They yeah, just, they just exist. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt that way about even the ones that I that that I 
thought were funny. I was like, these aren't actually funny. Yeah. Specifically Garfield, because I would I would read a lot of Garfield when I was a kid, and um, I only ever actually encountered a like a comic strip that made me laugh when I started getting into Calvin and Hobbes. Sure. Yeah. That was the first um, newspaper strip that actually. Made and I mean, me laugh. that's I mean, that's one of my favorite things. I have a tattoo of it, but I I would even argue that's not that funny that often. Like it's not trying to be, you know. Like, and that's the weird thing about the comic funny pages is that. As a kid, I was like, oh, I guess this is what humor is. Right. <laughs> but then I huh. learned, you know, I think Simpsons actually was a thing that made me realize, oh, no, I actually am laughing out loud at this. Yeah. That's what humor is. It can provoke it's not a genuine just, physical yeah, it's reaction. Not just little stories that maybe have like a twist at the end or just like someone being someone nagging at their wife. Like. And what the hell was Rex Morgan, MD? <laughs> it's still in the papers. What is that? I don't know. It's a soap opera in a comic. Str- it's the, yeah. oh my Here's God. Calvin and Hobbes has a strip that's uh, parodying it. And I remember the, that one. It's in the classifieds too. It still Jeez. runs in papers. Get it out reason. of there. Get, get out. <laughs> But like, who, I mean, no who is who anymore. is captivated by like? I think people that watch Coronation Street are weird and probably get letters <laughs> to the podcast because of that. But like, how dare you? But like, who is captivated by like the four panels a day that they get from this strip that where nothing seems to actually happen? I mean, like, can you imagine to living bring it your back life to... that slowly, <laughs> where like that's that that tiny plot twist over the the course of like three weeks four panels at a time how do you even remember how do you remember yeah it's four panels at a time it's for old people you guys oh i know they don't understand how technology works so they're like this is my entertainment and they're like haha hi and lois you two crack me up but this is like we're talking like pre like radio dramas as far as like entertainment level it's weird it's a weird relic that i never understood and still don't really understand so there was nothing worse than the family circus for me though that one i just did not get i didn't i was like what I think there was one. So the Family Circus was always uh, ones that I I understood what the intention was with each one and didn't like it. But there was some strips. Um, Wizard of Id, I think, was one. I had a, just I like had a ones like that where I was of... I would just like read them and be like, I don't even know what this is trying to say. <laughs> well, it was, it and it might have like... been my kid brain. Like it might have been more adult humor. But at the time, I was just like, what the hell is this? I don't know. I, I have, talking. I have more knowledge of like eighties pop culture gleaned through reading Bloom County collections than anything else because like as a kid like the jokes like you know Tammy Faye Baker jokes and things like that should probably go right over your head but just went over mine yeah (laughs) so yeah Tammy Faye and Jim were like uh, televangelists in the 80s that were really oh I know okay gotcha Tammy had the makeup and she would cry and yeah but like (laughs) I would reverse I would reverse engineer gags and you kind of do that with the simpsons too as a kid right like you're like why is this funny why are my parents laughing at this why you know i gotta figure it out i gotta figure it out it's like oh okay i get it that's funny (laughs) it comes a little nancy drew mystery for you to solve exactly exactly. the case of the why is it funny (laughs) it's a rejected title for nancy drew yeah it wasn't my best work (laughs) (laughs) anyway high and lois is weird uh but apparently comic book guy loves them yep um, Walt Disney, of course, throughout uh, George Gershwin is <laughs> mentioned yeah. as uh, written by, was that it? Uh, music. music. Music by, yeah. of course, yeah. yeah. Um, famed composer. Uh, and then Joseph P. Kennedy was a producer on the alleged... <laughs> I uh, thought that was very funny. Yeah. It was, if you don't know, the father of John F. Kennedy. 
a president. A president of the United States of America. Yeah, it's from uh, 1961 to 1963. Ish. Oh, only two years? Well, two-ish. Two, two and a bit. What happened? Oh, um, I have a movie we should watch Kay. together. What's it called? Hmm? What's it called? Oh, it's uh, it's called JFK. Oh, yeah. a historical film. Yes. Also one of my one. favorite itchy and scratchies, too. The, the, oh, the right. guest yeah, director, yeah. Yes. Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone, yeah. <laughs> That one's oh God! <laughs> it's got a gun. Um, yeah, that one's great. So we have the the quick like rattle off of references that uh, we mentioned earlier with um, Roger Myers. Uh, honey, if you didn't have the Honeymooners, you wouldn't have the Flintstones. If you didn't have Sergeant Bilko, Bilko you wouldn't have Top Cat, Huckleberry Hound, Andy Griffith, Chief Wiggum, Edward G. Robinson, Yogi Bear, Art Carney. I'm not going to go deep into any of those. Look them up if you want. They're all either classic cartoons or just classic actors. Also very accurate as a yeah. Well, I mean, Edward G. Robinson is who. That's the jo- the meta yeah. joke, right? Is that Hank Azaria said I did Chief Wiggum's voice by doing an Edward G. Robinson impression. So, um, McCrary twins, I mentioned, and then uh, obviously the most important reference in the episode that we haven't even talked about is Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, the amendment. The yeah, amendment, amendment to be. To be. Uh, they got the same guy, Jack Sheldon. To to sing that, who did the "I'm Just a Bill" uh, in the original Schoolhouse Rock, which is why I always conflate them in my brain because <laughs> I'm like, which is the joke one and which is the real one? Well, the fun part that I always found with this one as the joke one is that it's not wrong. Is that sure? It's, right? It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's all accurate. Yes. It's, what I mean, if it's, we it's all satire, obviously, but it's all yeah, yeah. it's all very. Yeah. What based if we in change the constitution? Well, then you could put in no. a whole bunch of crazy laws. Now, now you're, you're catching dead. on. <laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's also that, Oh yeah, and and we haven't oh, come yeah. to this yet. The the line that Bart drops is might be one of the most vicious lines ever uttered. Which one? We need another Vietnam to oh, thin out geez. their ranks. The talking Xers. about Gen Xers. Yeah, it's like that's a great line. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so it is vicious. It is. Yeah. It is. Holy shit! It's pretty great. Need another Vietnam thin out their ranks a bit. Uh, well, Lisa's punching him <laughs> in the shoulder. Yeah, right. That's so funny. If I ever hate stop, if I ever start hating cartoon violence, I want you to shoot me. Will, Will do. It's <laughs> great. Uh, the last one, of course, is the Tracy Ullman show. Yep. Which is what the character designs of Lester and Eliza are. Gotta love Lester and Eliza. Yeah. Remember Did how they ever remember come Matt back? Graining no. when he created the show, how he drew terribly. Here's those here's those ugly drawings again. Here's a reminder of how <laughs> bad this show could have been. <laughs> If Matt Groening was in charge. He's fully in charge, yeah. <laughs> um, Love to have you on the show, Matt. Yeah, of course. There's always a chair for you. Uh, were you saying, do they come back? Let's yeah, there, there's no so. point where they ever reappear in any... Think. Maybe in the zombies. Maybe zombies, but, yeah, yeah. But not in our in our encyclopedia. Yeah. Definitely not in 10. Yeah, well, and I mean, the only kind of reference is the... Uh, I. I struggle stretch stretch to call it a reference but um maggie's uh, uh one eyebrowed Gerald. genesis yeah just because it does that same uh yeah. pan by with the din, din, din. Only he's in the he's in the the tram yeah 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 so but what uh what's your favorite joke there greg well you know it's uh it's got to be millhouse's string of comments <laughs> look out itchy it's an irishman Jeez. kill him Kill him. Kill him. <laughs> oh, man. That's like 
That's that's <laughs> that's my... why he needs to go to Doctor Sally Wax. Yeah, yeah, because he's yeah. shouting at a cartoon mouse to murder an Irishman. The the joy that he takes in seeing Itchy murder this Irishman is just so funny. Yeah, it's so funny. Um, and honorable mention goes to uh, Lionel Hutz. Of course. Yeah. I'm I'm 100% look out itchy he's Irish. I <laughs> yeah. just oh god, I was uh, when when you gave me the sent me the message it's like hey, do you want to come on? It's like oh fuck yeah. I, I love that one. Uh and St. Patrick's Day perfect. But yeah. yeah. Uh you know, I I I have such a soft spot in my heart for any itchy and scratchy, you know, you know, beheading Teddy Roosevelt or you know, Jeez. things like that, right? Um just yeah, any any exaggerated cartoon violence that comes in the form of itchy and scratchy i'm all about but yeah look out, i can't even do the read look out itchy he's irish is just so good uh mine is early in the episode and it's when they are yeah. waiting for the parade and it's just one of my favorite like cut out cut like it's a good example of what animation can do you know etc i've talked about before uh having <laughs> save our seats Homer saying, will do, and immediately there's two people sitting there, and he just goes, hello. <laughs> oh. For some reason, that's just very funny to me, uh, because there's so many ways they could have done that joke, but just having him very politely saying hello to the person that he just stole seats from, it's just very funny. <laughs> and that, that, that man literally just stole seats. Yep. Like, those aren't his chairs. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they were brought by a family. Who are there for the? Per- this yeah. guy's an asshole. Like, can you imagine that happening in real life? Like, you have you brought your own chairs to this, you know, stampede parade or whatever, and you have them all set up, and then you like turn away and you look back, and there's two people sitting in those chairs that are for your children, and they just and like your your reaction would be, what the hell are you doing? But if they just went hello, you'd be like, uh, hi, hi there. Um... <laughs> like you get taken aback by it. I think. <laughs> I also love how they're they're gone later. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> my head cannon is because they realized, oh, the the bent the bleachers are going to be set up in front of these chairs. Let's find somewhere that's better. That's why they yes. vacated. That's yeah. funny. I like uh, that. I so like that so very good. Uh, so what do we got coming down the pipe next time? Uh, next time is uh, another Lionel or fuck <laughs> Phil Hartman. Another Phil Hartman. Yeah. Uh, episode it's actually i would say our first troy mcclure episode it's a fish called zelma yeah this episode i remember loving yeah it's got some good good stuff yeah so stop the planet of the apes i want to get off oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, i haven't seen that one in a long time we'll be talking all about it on our next episode yeah um chimpanzee from chimpanzee in the meantime Mm -hmm. hey alan yeah you know what is a great place to get your podcasts. Where, Greg? The Boathouse Studios Network. Tell me more. I would love to. We have a whole bunch of new podcasts that are coming out, including a brand new episode of Flawed Execution that will be coming out a little bit later on in this month. Cool. Uh, I believe you were on it. I sure was. And our good friend Hannah Rudd is starring on it. Yeah. And For a little taste. Oh, I'm crazy, old man. <laughs> Yeah, I think that was his voice. Yeah, that was. It's, <laughs> it's close. If uh, if I'm, li- uh, I was listening to it a lot today. Yeah. So uh, that's pretty. That's pretty darn close. Uh, he's a crazy old man who makes potions. It's a yep. fantasy setting this time <laughs> around. Everybody. Uh, we also have brand new episode of Why Academy that premiered this weekend, and there will be another one um, the weekend that this comes out. So catch up on Why Academy, and we also why why, why not? That's what I have to say to that. Cool. Um, uh, Do you guys plan that or no? Oh, no, very good. No. We don't plan anything. I don't know if you not a damn thing. <laughs> and finally, 
uh, we're launching uh, Ryan Reese's podcast, Track to Track. With Track uh, to Track. Yeah, the very first episode features our good friend, Catherine Smith. I've heard of her. Yes, <laughs> she's great. And final thing, mm. we have a bonus episode that has premiered on Patreon for this podcast. Cool. Two Bad Neighbors. If you want to hear us talk about the latest Simpsons news, I'm sure you all know what I'm talking about, <laughs> um, go over to Patreon, become a patron, and we talk about it for almost 20 minutes. Yeah, it was technically cut from our previous episode. Yeah. Um, because it was <laughs> we dived a little too deep. Yeah. Uh, so it's mostly me and Ife talking, I believe. Quite a lot. Yeah. 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 I sneak in maybe once <laughs> sure but uh yeah it's uh it's a good conversation though yeah we talk about erasure yeah and how that's a bad thing yes so if you agree if you don't if you just want to hear what we're talking about about a very controversial issue head on over to patreon where can they find us otherwise alan well they can email us on at the hammock district on third at gmail.com numerical three you can also find us on facebook instagram and twitter at bad neighbors pod yay and uh yeah you can subscribe to us on uh, patreon you already said all that stuff. I yeah. usually say that. Yeah. No. Oh, and, and uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> do the whole five star thing on iTunes. That's yeah. always a good help for everyone. Reviews Dave, and ratings. Anything you want to plug? Smash that like button. Ah, oh, listen to the home stretch, 36 p.m. CPC Radio One in Calgary, and that's about it. Yeah, just life goes on for me. Just kind of. Where can we find your Oilers podcast? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. The <laughs> uh, yeah the, the other thing that I do, uh, Oilers YYC. <laughs> Um, all one word. You can find it on iTunes anywhere. Um, if you're a long-suffering Edmontonian, Edmonton hockey fan, um, Oilers fan, you know we get together at the Pig and Duke and drink beers and chat Oilers and and commiserate in our um, shared pain. So it's not Oilers Yeg. No, because we're all here in. Calgary, oh right, right. Yeah. So, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, that that's the that's, that's the, the gimmick. That's the gimmick. Yeah, and, yeah. Hey, it's one one right now, Vegas and Oilers. So, uh -oh. uh, see how that goes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, McDavid, what a pleasure to watch. Yeah, it's too bad he's got a bunch of garbage around. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say too bad. Yeah. he's the only good one on that yeah, team. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real bummer. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that uh, that about wraps it up here. Yeah, thank thanks you. for the invite, guys. Thank you so much Always for coming a on, Dave. It was a, Welcome it was, to the Two Timers Club. Yeah. Woo. Really great to have <laughs> you on. Um, and that's all I've got. That's all I've got, too, Greg. Cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. Keep watching the skis. <laughs>